Before you begin cooking Japanese food, it's helpful to understand the staples of the Japanese pantry. One essential ingredient in the Japanese kitchen is dashi, a versatile soup stock and flavoring agent. Dashi is a primary element in many Japanese soups, dipping sauces, and the hot pot dishes called nabemono. Typically, a cook prepares dashi by steeping kombu, dried giant kelp, and katsuobushi, dried bonita shavings, in hot water. When carefully brewed, dashi can enhance more delicate dishes without overpowering them. Dashi also contributes umami, a savory, meaty taste associated with protein. Umami is the fifth taste that the human palate recognizes, along with bitter, sour, salty, and sweet. There's some real basics, and probably one of the most basic is dashi. And the word dashi really is part of a verb, hikidasu, or to extract. So you're talking about extracting flavor. And there are certain ingredients when they are steeped, infused in a liquid, water, become a stock. And that stock, in turn, is almost a catalyst for transforming the flavors of other foods. And the two key ingredients in creating that extraction uh, are kombu, kelp, and there are different varieties, different characteristics in each of them. And a lot of the choice of kelp has to do with the water, whether it's hard or soft. Um, and the other key ingredient is what I sometimes call the bacon of the sea, katsuobushi. It has a wonderful, smoky, rich, uh, complex flavor. Um, and both of those ingredients have very specific things about the timing and how they're handled. And either you can bring out the best in them or you can make them fight with each other. So just a very quick primer about the really good points. Um, kombu is very heat sensitive. And the higher the naturally occurring glutamates in the kombu, the more you need to let it sit and become acquainted with its water before you treat it to any measure of heat. Um, certain kinds of kombu, you really need to soak a minimum of 10 minutes, perhaps more like 20 or 30, before you would even scare it with heat. Then a very slow, gentle extraction of flavor, usually to the point where you're just beginning to see bubbles break on the edge. Depending upon your heat source, if it's electric, you have to actually remove the pot, or if it's a flame, you can turn it off. Um, you're then ready to consider the addition of katsuobushi. And katsuobushi is usually flaked before you get in the kitchen. When I first came to Japan, the old-fashioned way, people would have the blade, and you'd wake up in the morning to the sound of, of the fish scraping against it. Um, but now most people will buy flakes, and there are excellent flakes out there. Miso is another product that creates umami in Japanese cooking. As with many other Japanese ingredients, miso is a product of fermented soybeans. The beans are mixed with one or more grains, among them barley, rice, rye, and wheat, and a live bacterial culture is used to promote fermentation. Miso's colors can range from pale yellow to chocolate brown, depending on the type of grain and the amount of salt used. As we see here in this artisanal miso shop in Tokyo, there's an amazing spectrum of colors and flavors. Most familiar in the U.S. in the form of miso soup, in Japan, miso is a highly versatile ingredient, showing up in dips, dressings, braises, and marinades. In Japan, miso is very much a regional identity, much like cheese and wine in Europe. 
Um, but there are certain kinds of miso and what I would call a basic wardrobe. It, you're going to have a light, sweet, usually it's a pale beige or golden colored. Uh, it's called Saikyo Shiro Miso um, and it's from this area of Kyoto. It uh, is used in a killer mustard sauce. It's used in a wonderful sesame sauce. Um, it can be the hidden ingredient in a lot of different kinds of preparations. One of the other very basic ones is the other end of the color scale. Uh, almost looks like fudge, and it's very thick, very stiff. Hacho miso. The area in Japan where it came from, Nagoya, just north of here. Um, wonderful for dengaku sauces that you're going to slather on pieces of tofu and put under the broiler and it gets wonderful and bubbly. Also terrific uh, hidden ingredient with uh, minced meat, uh, a meatloaf. You'd be surprised. Forget all about salt, pepper, any other kinds of seasonings. Add a touch of miso and you're ready to go. Tofu, or soybean curd, is another important Japanese ingredient made from soybeans. Here at an artisan tofu shop in Kyoto, we see how artisan tofu is made by hand. Tofu or bean curd is a product of coagulated soy milk. In a process that bears a strong resemblance to cheese production, nilgari, a byproduct of sea salt, is introduced into the mash of ground soybeans and water. After a brief period, the tofu curds are ladled into boxes and allowed to drain. In the coagulation process, the previously inaccessible soy proteins become digestible to humans. Tofu comes in a number of varieties, ranging from tender silk tofu to cotton tofu, whose surface displays the weave of the cotton cloth through which the liquid drained. Other varieties are pressed, freeze-dried, smoked, and preserved. Few Japanese foods are more treasured than noodles. Whether thin or flat, hot or cold, Japanese noodles are the nation's comfort food and they're eaten everywhere at nearly every hour of the day. Among the most popular varieties are udon, soba, and ramen. Served both chilled with dipping sauce or in a hot broth, soba noodles are found in both fast food, inexpensive settings, as well as high-end restaurants. Slender, mushroom-colored, lightly-flecked soba noodles have a pleasant nutty flavor and are made from highly nutritious buckwheat flour. Those that are made of pure buckwheat flour are known as silk-cut noodles, but often varying amounts of wheat flour are added to keep the dough from crumbling. They're available dried and frozen, but are best both in taste and texture when they're fresh. At the Sharashina Soba restaurant in Tokyo, buckwheat flour is still ground, kneaded into a dough, rolled out, and then cut into noodles by hand each day. It's a laborious process, but as the chef tells us, when the restaurant patrons slurp up a steaming bowl of his duck breast and scallion soba, they notice the difference. Thick, glossy udon noodles made from wheat flour are great favorites in the south of Japan where they originated and are particularly popular in Osaka. Traditionally added to a lightly flavored broth, they're also eaten cold and in braised dishes. Lightly cooked toppings are chosen to reflect the seasons and to balance other ingredients. Udon noodles are far heftier than soba noodles and are available in a wide variety of lengths and thicknesses. In cross-section, they can be round, square, or flat. Here at the Hanamaru Udon Noodle Bar in Tokyo, 
Customers of all ages devour big bowls of thick white noodles floating in a hearty broth and adorned with braised beef. Ramen, based on Chinese wheat noodles, entered Japanese cuisine after World War II as an inexpensive way to feed a hungry population. Their continuing presence is proof that though scorned by some purists, they are today Japan's most popular noodle. Served in a simple broth with a few toppings, they make a filling meal. Crowds wait in line to be served at their favorite stands and restaurants, some of which have reached cult status.